Hello, my name is Simon Langley Evans and I'm Professor of Human Nutrition in the School of Biosciences at the University of Nottingham. I'm going to be presenting an overview of overweight, obesity and excessive weight gain in pregnancy as risk factors for adverse pregnancy outcomes, a narrative review. My co-authors on this review paper are Joe Pierce, who's Associate Professor at Sheffield Hallam University, and Sarah Ellis, who's Assistant Professor at the University of Nottingham. Our review considers up-to-date evidence of the associations between maternal weight and reproductive health, and looks at ways at which interventions might be deployed to ameliorate risk. It's hoped that the review will be a useful article, particularly as a primer for students and researchers interested in this area. Globally, it's estimated that there are 39 million pregnancies per year that are complicated by obesity. In westernised nations, the prevalence of overweight and obesity among women aged 16 to 24 is around 20%, whilst in women aged 35 to 44, it approaches two-thirds. There's also a rising prevalence of pregnancies associated with maternal BMI in excess of 50, and these account for 1 in 1,000 births in the UK and 2 in 1,000 in Australia. I will start off this overview of our paper by considering the impact that obesity has on maternal and fetal health in pregnancy. First of all though, it's important to understand the essentiality of gestational weight gain. Gestational weight gain occurs due to growth of the foetus and placenta, and the maternal adaptations to pregnancy which include accumulation of fat stores, expansion of breast, and expansion of fluid volume. And these are important physiological adaptations to enable the pregnancy to proceed normally. For women who are in the ideal weight range, a healthy weight gain should be between 11 and 16 kilograms. But for women in the obese range, this should be no more than nine kilograms. Women who are overweight and obese are at greater risk of subfertility and may struggle to become pregnant in the first place. Excess adiposity is associated with leptin resistance and this directly suppresses the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian axis. Polycystic ovary syndrome is also a driver of reduced facility, and risk of developing this syndrome is increased by excess adiposity, even in women whose BMI is in the ideal range. Once conception has occurred, risk of miscarriage is also related to maternal BMI, and here the link to underweight is more firmly established than for overweight. However, some recent large studies from Asian populations have indicated that obesity may increase miscarriage risk by up to 26%. This risk is particularly noticeable among women who have conceived using assisted reproductive therapies. Overweight, obesity and excessive gestational weight gain are also risk factors for late fetal death or stillbirth. A systematic review of the literature and accompanying meta-analysis has shown that for every five unit increase in BMI above the ideal range, the odds of stillbirth increase by 24%. Severe obesity is also a clear risk factor for maternal death. Recent reviews of maternal deaths in the UK and in France indicate that cardiovascular related death is more common in women with a BMI over 25. And in particular, the French analysis indicated that obesity tripled the risk of maternal death in pregnancy. A large analysis of more than half a million pregnancies in New York 
showed that risk of maternal death was directly proportional to the severity of obesity and was more than double in those women whose BMI was in excess of 50 compared to those with BMI in the ideal range. In addition to these increased risks of death and loss of pregnancy, excess gestational weight gain and overweight are risk factors for all complications of pregnancy, ranging from debilitating but medically minor conditions such as heartburn, where obesity increases risk by 2.65 fold, right through to gestational diabetes and preeclampsia, which will require medical intervention. Risk of preeclampsia is more than doubled in women with BMI in the obese range. As a result of these complications and the impact of excess adiposity on the hormonal regulation of labour, women of higher BMI are more likely to require intervention during labour, including the use of forceps and caesarean section, and consequently they're twice as likely to suffer postpartum haemorrhage. Against this background of complications, it's important to think about how best to manage weight around pregnancy and reduce risk. As most women will become pregnant without considering optimising their weight first, the best course of action is to look at keeping weight gain within optimal ranges. There's actually a very narrow window of time for action, as most women will not be aware that they're pregnant until four weeks gestation, and weight-related complications will start to arise before 20 weeks. Pregnancy is generally seen as a period of life that constitutes a teachable moment. When pregnant, women are at their most receptive to messages about health and will have far greater than normal contact with health professionals. So as such, this should be the perfect time to give advice on weight and lifestyle. Unfortunately, experience of weight stigma from health professionals and the more readily available but often unreliable advice that can be accessed online can undermine this opportunity. In the UK at least, women receive very generalised advice about physical activity and diet, and guidelines from the National Institute of Health and Clinical Excellence has focused on managing weight prior to pregnancy and after delivery. Although, although most women are happy to receive advice and guidance from health professionals about their weight during pregnancy, it's not uncommon to receive no such advice, even among those living with overweight and obesity. Midwives in particular find obesity too sensitive a subject to raise with women and there's a lack of confidence and necessary training to deal with the issue sensitively. Against this background, there have been many studies that have evaluated the impact of interventions to prevent excessive weight gain. These utilise advice on healthy dietary change, reducing sedentary time and promoting moderate exercise. The largest randomised control trials in this area, the LIMIT trial in Australia and UPBEAT in the UK, had limited success in reducing gestational weight gain and did not impact on pregnancy complications. Meta-analyses which have included more than 40 RCTs show that interventions can be helpful, but efficacy is greater when delivered by clinical rather than non-clinical staff where the interventions are focused on dietary change rather than exercise, and where the women who participate are better educated. The most successful interventions owe their success to using staff who have training in behaviour change, and where the programme is not as rigid as you might see in an RCT, and is instead delivered in a flexible manner that suits the needs of individual women and evolves according to how participants respond to it. 
There could be opportunities to use smartphone-based approaches which allow convenient access to information and regular contacts, but as yet an effective protocol is yet to be developed. Thank you for listening to this presentation. I hope that you go on to read our review in full and that you find it useful, informative and a good platform to read the individual studies which have informed it.